Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I've spoken with our next guest on a number of occasions on this program. He's from Attawapiskat, and that's the First Nations community in Northern Ontario, which has probably gotten more news coverage um, than any other over the last 20 years, 15, 20 years. And generally because of the stresses and the challenges that are being faced in the community. We generally became aware, I think initially, when the crisis developed with young people and suicide concerns in Ottawa Piscat. And um, we talked with, uh, with Adrian Sutherland about life in the community. He's grown up there, lives there. And he's shared a lot of information with us. We're going to do some of that this time. Piece of a music, piece of a song called Walk With Me, <clears throat> pardon me, which Adrian co-wrote with Serena Ryder in 2019, which has become very much um, synonymous with the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which is on Friday. And, and the story here, the background, let me just give you a little bit of background. It's the result of school teacher Steve Pritchard of Beechburg, Ontario, speaking with his grade six and seven students about ideas relating to the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. They had heard Adrian Sutherland's song, Walk With Me, and they reached out to him. Adrian Sutherland, I'm a big fan of his music and uh, Walk With Me, from the 2021 Juno-nominated album, When the Magic Hits. How are you, Adrian? Oh, I'm doing good, uh, uh, Roy. Pretty good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's been been a while since we last talked, and uh, when your manager Rosanna Schick, who is um, was involved as producer for this this project as well, made me aware. I listened to the song, I heard the story, and I knew I had to talk to you. So, in your words, how did this all develop to to the point of the video and and what's going on now? How did it begin for you? Well, uh, if we back it up a little bit, I I mean that's. That, that that song is um, such a beautiful song. I think uh, it's one of my favorite songs that um, I was able to work on. Of course, it's a co-write with Serena Ryder, and um, it, it's. I, I just we were talking about different things. How could we get this song out and, and you know try to get more reach? Um, and it you know there's always challenges when it comes to trying to get your music out there and and challenges around getting it heard and, and pushing it through radio and all that stuff. So there's there were some constraints and with certain types of music or songs. So so anyway, so we fast forward to uh earlier this year when we heard from a teacher from uh Beachburg Public School reached out to us about this idea of them wanting to uh make a video for that song and they wanted it to be student-driven, um, and it, the, the message was going to be obviously about reconciliation, because for me that song, it really is about uh, reconciliation in a lot of ways uh, for me. Um, so walking together, I think, uh, and, and just really supporting each other and, and trying to understand each other um, on this journey that we're on, uh, that we call life. You know, it is. I, I found it really so. Um, I don't want to use the word interesting, but it was extremely interesting that you get grade six and seven kids 
who hear the song and with their teacher reach out to you because that song means something to them as well. And they're looking at truth and reconciliation in the classroom environment, and it fits for them. So um, out of this has come a video. By the way, I have posted the video to my Twitter feed, at The Roy Green Show. It's there, at The Roy Green Show. You can also go to adriansutherlandmusic.com, adriansutherlandmusic.com. It's it's a, it's really quite touching that these kids would do that. And uh, I, I just have the... the um, there's a project of the murals involved as well. There's so much going on. Tracing hands and feet and the creation of a heart with posters and statements reflecting the 94 calls to action. It's all there. How difficult was it to do that, to get it all done? Well, <clears throat> from the beginning, I know we made it clear that we wanted to support the school and the students in any way that we could. Um, we sent somebody in to film and capture all of these activities. And I was so, honestly, I was so surprised to see what they captured uh, when I first saw the, the rough draft. And for me, it's, it's, it's such a, um, it impacted me in a way that I don't think any other video has ever impacted me. I just, it just really... Um, it's heart touching. Uh, it's really emotional. Uh, I, you know, I teared up first couple times uh, when I watched it, and I know many others have said the same thing. It's just so, um, I don't know, it's, it's so powerful, I guess, in, in a lot of ways. And I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I'm trying to understand, like, wow. I mean, it, the song itself is is a really, really nice song, but then when you when you put those images in there. Um, it just uh, takes it to a different place, and uh, for me, I think it's. I think it has a lot to do with the children, especially non-indigenous children, um, sort of taking that, um, um, taking that step towards wanting to um, take action, you know, in, in terms of reconciliation. And 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 in the images, uh, it's it's really just uh, I don't even know how to describe it. No, I know I know exactly I know exactly what you're doing because when I was trying to describe it, it's an emotional experience when you watch the video. It really is, and then you know the story and you're trying to describe it. And I'm thinking, how would I tell this to somebody who doesn't know anything about it? And I and I tried to do that, but before we started talking to you, and I, and I've, I I just found it difficult because there's so much. But it means a great deal. So it's a tremendous project. It's great to know the kids are involved and the kids want to get involved. And it's the, as you said, it's the non-Indigenous kids who felt it was necessary. And it was something that was important to them to do. Let me ask you some of the – we have a few minutes here. Uh, we've talked about your community of Attawapiskat, which, as I said at the beginning of the segment, has been in the news so many times. And um, about the difficulties of life at Attawapiskat. Talk to us again, please, about life in your community and other northern First Nations communities. Is it still the reality that most have substandard housing and an absence of reliable and constant flow of clean water? Yeah, it's still um, it's still a reality. You know, we um, we have. Um, but we were very underserviced. Um, we still have a huge shortage of housing. Uh, we still don't have safe drinking water from our taps. 
Um, even the health care is a challenge, you know. Um, it's just my family and I recently, to give you an example, I've been trying to receive dental care um, for our kids, and it's just, it's just been an almost impossible, um, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to, to fly to the nearest city. And, uh, you know, it's it's for somebody like me, um, I find it extremely difficult, and it's such a huge financial burden for, for my family and I to, to, to have to do that. Um, when these services should be pro- provided, I mean, we're Canadians, we have a right to receive uh, safe, timely health care, just like any other Canadian would. Um, it's frustrating, you know. I, I don't even know what to say anymore or, or, or what to do um, other than try to speak up and, you know, write letters and, and, and make people aware of uh, some of the some of the challenges we face up there. And, you know, it could really... It could really <laughs> Beat you down. I don't know how, how else to describe it, and it does feel defeating at times. It really does. And uh, um, but I keep getting up every day, and and uh, I look to my children for strength, and my grandchildren, and you know I want to give them the best I can give them as a father and grandfather. So keep me going. Yeah. We hear politicians talk a lot, promise a lot, and then. Still, I come on the air with you. And again, still you don't have clean, safe drinking water. And the housing, uh, you've talked to us about it before, substandard. And there's all these promises that are made and all the commitments are made. It's time to follow up on them. But let me ask you, when you, you talk about your kids and your grandkids, what's the impact on, on their lives? Because children and the safety and the well-being... And the mental health of children at Attawapiskat was at the center of the um, much of the national conversation in 2016. What's life like for the kids? Well, um, I mean, I know they get a lot of love from their families. Yeah, I hear. You. Yeah, I hear you for sure. I mean, um, it's hard because there's not a lot going on up there for the kids. You know, there there's no youth center. Um, there's no organized sports. Um, you know, there's not a lot of support in place, I think, for these types of um, activities for our children. I know COVID has really exacerbated that um, um, for the past two years. So I think, I hope, and I and I think people are trying to kind of, you know, get their butts in gear now and try to provide programming for our kids. Um, and make sure that they have access to these different things like sports and arts, um, uh, you know, and, and other things like cultural uh, access, like being able to go on the land and learn about their culture or learn about survival or hunting or, or language. Like as parents and as community members, I think that responsibility really falls on us. And I always tell people, we got to do more, you know, we got to do more for these kids. We can't keep putting up barriers. Um, you know, there's so much funding out there we could access, but... The issues always, sometimes uh, the inappropriate behaviors that exist at the leadership level or even at, uh, you know, in the program heads uh, um, that run the programs. It, you know, I've done so much work over the years and it's just me and I've been able to access a limited, a very limited amount of funds to try to take youth out and do stuff and, and uh, you know, you're just one person. You burn out and... Uh, you know, most funding agencies don't want to give someone like me any any you know funds to to go out and do this kind of work because 
the way it's set up is you have to flow it through the, the tribal councils of the First Nations, uh, which, is, which is the wrong way to do it because there's a lot of inappropriate thing, things going on at that level and, and there's a lot of uh, barriers being put up for people like myself uh, who are actually trying to make a difference and do the work. So it's very frustrating um, when you know that <clears throat> certain people that sit at the head of those tables are hindering this this work, you know, and this important work for our young people. And we have we have a youth center that was being built, um, <clears throat> which was a, a huge, huge, uh, exciting news for our community. The whole place has to be torn down. Um, the contractor got up and left when COVID was in full, uh, full blown mode. Uh, they left. The whole place got moldy. They didn't seal up the building. They didn't seal the roof. They didn't do nothing. And this is the contractors that the feds uh, contract to do these these capital projects and all the reserves cross country. So tell me, you know, where, like, who is responsible for having oversight over these, over these projects? Yeah, that's, that's the question, that's isn't it? it? Because I, I've read that this, sorry, but it goes on with the water purification plants as well. They build it too often and then they leave yeah. and it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that over and over. Can you just, I only have less than a minute, Adrian, but what does truth and reconciliation mean to you? Well, I think one perfect example is uh, these kids, you know. They really took uh, truth and reconciliation to a whole new level. Um, And uh, that's a tough question. And I think that's, these are the people I look to as, as I look up to these kids, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're role models, and they've taken this huge step um, in taking, taking matters into their own hands and, and, um, and doing something so wonderful. And I think that's what the message I would leave with other people as well. Like, people ask, what can we do? I don't know the, the answer to that question other than we got to do something. We have to do something. And these kids, I tell you, they took it to a okay. whole different level, and they really did something with it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 